As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Hey, hey, this is, uh, this is Mike, uh, Michael Aldroyd. Michael, Mikhail. Uh, hi, how art thou? How art thou? Is, how art, how, how art, how art thou? Alright. Um... I keep I'm I'm keeping this going. Episode forty four here. Thanks for tuning in. I I really we are welcome for this. We're welcome here, and what I mean by that is not you're welcome and not I'm welcome. Well, first of all, we're all welcome to join, right? This is a a public forum or a public. Uh, this is posted to the public public wide listening opportunity, but really as far as. You know, I, I do this for me and I do this for you, right? Um, so that's why we are both um, welcome here. Meaning, um, it's like saying you're welcome except for both of us. All right, I think you get what I'm saying. All right, cool, awesome, wonderful, good, great, grand, wonderful, no yelling on the bus. Oh, so-and-so just liked me from OkCupid. Okay uh a girl named Melanie. I wonder what she looks like. But you know what? I'm not going to look it up right now. Because that would be so rude of me to start checking my OkCupid okay likes while we're doing this podcast. Actually, you guys might find that interesting. Let's see what Melanie is about. Let's see what Melanie is about. She's uh, a pretty lady. She lives in Manhattan here. 35 years of age. Um... One of her Instagram pictures, feed me tacos and tell me I'm pretty, okay? And what do I get out of that if I do that for you, Melanie? Do I get anything? Um, I would prefer some sort of quid pro quo. But, you know what, I'll do that if it's... You know what, I can tell you're joking, Melanie, and I like your sense of humor. I appreciate your sense of humor. Um... And, uh, I'll decide if I want to like you back later. Uh, yeah, I'll like you back. You know what, I'm going to like you back now, Melanie. Um, I'm not going to expose any of your personal information other than what I already have. And, uh, who knows, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll make something happen at some point. Maybe I'll feed you some tacos and tell you that you're pretty. Regardless of whether or not there's any quid pro quo. And you might be upset with me when I do that. Because you might say, well, I was just joking. It was just supposed to get a laugh. And then I'll feel silly. And then we'll move on with our lives. Because it does not matter. Hey! Yeah. Have you guys had a good week? I hope everybody had a good Valentine's Day. Um... February 14th, a.k.a. Ash Wednesday, for those of the that celebrate the Catholic religion. Um, I wonder if Cupid put a little bit of... I, I wonder if Cupid had a plus sign on his forehead on Wednesday. I wonder if he was going around shooting people, 
and for people that aren't Catholic, we're like, hey, why does that kid have that weird-looking uh, plus-size thing on his on his on his forehead? Um, I heard somebody say that uh, people with those uh, those black plus signs or the cross, uh, they they think it looks scary. Um, hey, if you think. Uh, you know, the symbol on Ash, Ash Wednesday looks scary. Um, I wonder how you'd react to some holy water. <laughs> Man. Um, my mom was raised Catholic, guys. I, I was not, but I'm familiar with some of the, uh, wonderful things. Oh, we spoke about Michelangelo last week, so that's relevant. Uh, that's, that's very relevant, actually. hey you know, and it's just like, uh, just the way we do here. We, we just do some comedy and we just start talking and then stuff happens. Stuff transforms into something on these podcasts. Um, I, did anyone go on a date on Valentine's Day? Or did you have, who, did you have, were you single? Did you have, do you, are you in a relationship? Uh, I went on a date. I was on jury duty on Wednesday. I, I got summoned uh, a couple months back, and I skipped because I was potentially going on that Bachelorette uh, TV show, and I chose, I said, you know what, since I work from home, I'm going to go to jury duty on Valentine's Day because, you know what, I might just meet my future wife <laughs> at jury duty. It'll, it'll increase my chances, right? Not that I'm looking for a future wife right now. I might just meet some sort of companion at jury duty. Uh, and uh, I went to jury duty, and sure enough, I didn't meet my future wife. Um, there was a couple... There was, there was a large room full of people, and there was a couple ladies that were cute. I felt like I was going back to college. If you go to jury duty hoping to meet a chick... It gets in your head. It's like college when I was kind of a, a dork with with females. You know, you see a girl in class that you think is cute, and you, as soon as you think about it and it gets lodged in your brain, you're done. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's a unique thing, the birds and the bees, guys. It's a unique freaking thing. Um. What happened to jury duty? So I did go. So on Wednesday I did. Uh, I did go to jury duty, and they let us out for lunch for a couple of hours. And uh, unexpectedly, there was a girl that's been hitting me up lately from one of these. Uh, it was OK Cupid. So I was like, Hey, I'm actually free for the next couple hours. Do you want to grab lunch? So I went on a date. I went on a date on Valentine's Day. Second year in a row now where I've gone on a date on Valentine's Day and the girl did not know it was Valentine's Day um, until I brought it up on the date. So talk about uh, talk about uniqueness right there where where the females uh, don't really. I felt spe I felt less special when I found out that the girls did not know that it was Valentine's Day last year. We went out to dinner. Uh, a girl who actually went to Mizzou, um, and then this year I had my wonderful lunch date with this uh, with this lady who um, we had sushi. Uh, I showed up to a place uh, that she suggested. I had a couple hours free, 
uh, this sushi place for lunch, which I really don't like to eat sushi too early in the day. I feel like it's like brushing your teeth. Brushing your teeth is like eating sushi. It's not for too early of hours in the day. Uh, nevertheless, though, we did this. And when I showed up, there was like a, a group of like five girls sitting at one of the tables. And I could tell that they were kind of like probably single, you know? And they were kind of... When the other girls showed up, I could see in their eyes that they were just a little bit jealous. I'm not trying to be cocky here, but it wasn't... I'm not tooting my horn, it's just that I think they didn't have Valentine's dates. You know what I mean? So I apologize for them. Honestly, if I could clone myself and go on dates with all five of those girls just so they didn't have to be alone on Valentine's Day, I would. That's how unselfish I am, you know? But I can't do that. So all I can do is just partner with Cupid and go around shooting people one at a time with the arrow. Um, that's how it goes, guys. So the girl and I had a good time. We talked. She uh, she was not a catfish. Actually, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, she seemed pretty cool, and uh, she was a pretty girl in real life. And, um, you know, she... Uh, she was one of those ladies that uh, is very open-minded. No matter what I said, she was fascinated by it, regardless of how weird or normal it was. Um, I guess she she just likes getting to know the other person, is what she told me. Uh, I asked her if she's uh, horny, and she told me that what makes her horny is learning about the other person. So I was like, wow, I love talking about me. Just listen to one of my podcasts, and... Uh, and maybe uh, it'll arouse you. So uh, I referred her to my podcast, and I said, hey, check this out. And uh, afterwards, when you're done and you're horny, because you got to know me very well, then uh, give me a buzz. We didn't have time to uh, uh, do anything except enjoy one another's company at this wonderful Asian sushi joint. Uh, but that was great. It was a very platonic platonic but satisfying enjoyment of one another's company uh, at the end of the date she gave me a kiss we gave each other one of those kisses right on the corner of your mouth there it wasn't like on the lips and it wasn't on the cheek and it uh, I can't I, it wasn't awkward maybe maybe it was for her for me it wasn't awkward but it was definitely very underwhelming if you know what I mean it was very not that I expected anything so uh, I don't think anybody... That would not be the climax to any movie uh, in the history of the world is that kiss that we had at the end of our sushi date. Um, that is not the punchline. It is not the climax. It is never... It probably wouldn't be... It was so... I don't know. I don't, maybe it would be in like uh, the beginning part of a movie. I don't know. But it would never be the climax. It would be part of the plot the build-up, who knows, so I'm not foreshadowing saying, and maybe I'll never see her again, I, I really don't know, um, nevertheless, I wrote down a couple observations this week, anything happened to you guys, uh, that was interesting, I see so many interesting things every day in New York that my, my mind and brain is saturated and I can't tell the difference anymore of what's normal and what's not, um, when I first moved to New York, I was very good at witnessing the absurd, but now I'm just immersed in it. I'm part of the absurdity now, so it's just all crazy. Uh, I did see two 
homeless people on the train. That part's not the absurd thing, because um, it's very normal. Um, but they were sleeping where people sit in the train. It was still kind of during busy hours, so some people were having to stand, which was starting to frustrate some people. Let me, let me give you an example. Um, in the middle of the night, when there's very few people riding the trains, that's fine, right? Um, I guess that's fine behavior. I don't even know if the city allows it, but nevertheless, it is what is. When it's cold outside, sometimes that is the hotel, right, for the night, for for some people. Um, now these were during busy hours, so you could see some people getting frustrated by the fact that they couldn't sit down because somebody was sprawled out, you know, their entire body taking up the train uh, or taking up a, a seat on the train so people actually were starting to be confrontational they started yelling at them they I was kind of disappointed they didn't try to politely wake them up it was very New Yorker it was a very hey get up you know type thing it, it was very uh, abrupt and uh, I'm not gonna say inhumane but it, it wasn't pleasant right and you could tell that uh, one homeless person didn't react and they just kept sleeping. The other one kind of like woke up as if he just woke up and you're like, hey, who's this person yelling at me, right? He was confused and things like that. He's like, get up. I need to sit down, you know? So I thought that was an interesting experience. I've seen, um, I've seen, uh, one homeless person in the, down in the subways, uh, using the restroom right there in front of everyone, um, which is always uh, an interesting thing when they're just kind of looking at you while they're doing it. it it'll, it'll boggle your mind. It'll boggle, it'll boggle thy mind. Um, I felt like I was at a zoo at the time. Um, and I love all animals. We are animals, so don't interpret that the wrong way. Anyway, uh, we went back. Let's go back to a couple weeks ago where I talked about how I saw that homeless person who was praying, um, and I interacted with them. I actually, when I posted about that on Facebook, one of my friends commented and said she, she said she's part of this rescue mission of New York. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool because uh, she told me a little bit about it, and I was like, wow, I really want to get involved in that. That's I've been looking for a, a community service thing that kind of fits what I'm trying to accomplish here. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit picky, believe it or not, in, in the way I do community service. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, we're talking about me potentially doing some stand-up comedy for the homeless. Um, I don't know if it'll be a one-time thing or a regular thing, but nevertheless, there's, a, I guess, uh, this thing called the Rescue Mission of New York where um, um, you can kind of... They, they actually have places for people to stay, and, and it's like a, an opportunity to help homeless people get back on their feet, you know, give them hope and uh, kind of suit some of their basic needs and try to give them and guide them toward uh, getting, getting back, you know, into, the, into the, the world we live in, I guess you could say. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, speaking of that... I like you. Do you like me? My hair itches a lot. Does anyone else have a an itchy scalp 
freaking hair. Look at that. I think I'm gonna get it cut too. It's too long. I like having my hair growing out, but uh, it, it tickles my face too much. So I think I'm gonna um, get a buzz cut, even though it's not very practical for winter time. I'm gonna get a buzz cut, and then uh, you know that way I can also save money on shampoo or whatever. Uh, you know, just trying to be thrifty here, right? I don't know what my deal is. You know, I'm hoarding my hair, and it's not—it's not functionally uh, beneficial, and it wastes more shampoo. It takes more time in the shower to wash my hair when it's long, so I'm just gonna buzz it. You guys happy I talked about that? You guys, maybe you can take something from that and apply it to your own life. I really don't know. A little bit more about me. Uh, I live in this apartment by myself. This is my closet, like I said before. And I want to get a dog. I want to get a dog, a little small puppy, maybe a chihuahua. For some reason, I think chihuahuas are really cute. Um, even though they're really loud uh, and, and uh, they bark. And they can be mean little creatures. I want a chihuahua. I think chihuahuas are dank. Um, I just, I don't know. I kind of need like a girlfriend or something to, to take care of it. It's such a commitment, you know what I mean? Like, I'm enjoying being able to just do whatever I want whenever I want without any chihuahuas, kids, or a girlfriend right now. But at the same time, I, I could use elements of each of those probably in my life. I don't know. I mean, I do want them at some point, but I'm so focused on comedy right now that I'm taking my time. Um, nevertheless, though, I think that a first step, Chihuahua. I think I could probably manage it. Just have some diapers down on the floor, which we used to do for my dog back home when we were too lazy to take her out. Um, we would just lay down like a, a square foot-by-foot foot diaper on the floor and trained Joey how to poop on the diaper. So maybe I should get one of those for my apartment and just uh, enjoy the love that comes with having a, and a little animal, a sweet spirit. Uh, one of my friends, actually a couple of people I know have chihuahuas and I think they're really cute. I'd like to bring them to business meetings with me if possible, maybe in a little satchel. Or maybe a bird. Maybe I'll get a little bird and bring it with me uh, to business meetings. Those are really the only times that I couldn't have it. Like if I, because I, if I got something small enough, I could take it on the plane. Can you imagine? The only time that would be inappropriate, I think, for me to have a little animal with me is in a business meeting. Um, so I'd have to figure that out. Maybe, maybe it, maybe people would like me more and, and appreciate. If I had a little bird or a little puppy in a satchel, uh, just feeding a little bird and puppy as we're conducting business, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe it'd actually be a good thing. You never know. I love animals. A lot of the uh, new comedy routine that I've been writing is about my love for animals and how I don't make commands toward them. I just make requests and then I say please and then if they do what I say, I reward them with a treat. Um, and if they don't do what I say, I don't punish them or reprimand them. I, I do what I do when my friends and I have disagreements, which is I go to a mutual friend of ours and I say, Hey, so-and-so isn't doing what I request. Can you talk to him and see what's going on? Just make sure that you don't tell him we talk, though, because I don't want it to be awkward. Thanks a lot. Uh, here's a little uh, treat for you. I appreciate your help. 
or something like that. Um, it's true stuff. Uh, come here, please. My uh, my dog Joey used to do the opposite of everything I would request. You know, first of all, she reminds me of every girl from my past. She was very cute, and she would do the opposite of everything I ever asked. I'd be like, "Hey, Joey, come here," and she'd be laying down. She would look at me, stand up, and walk away. It was mind-boggling. You know, it'd be time for bed. I'd want her to come into my bedroom and accompany me for the night, and I'd say, hey, Joey, come here. It's time to go to bed. She would look at me, stand up, and walk away. And, um, of course, like I said, she would do the opposite. I'd say, hey, Joey, I have... uh, I have uh, food here. I want you to stay where you are. Please stay where you are. Because she's looking at me, right? She sees the bacon and she's smelling it. And of course I say stay. She looks at me. She stands up. I say stay. And she approaches. You know, it's... Females love the bacon. What can we say, right? Females love the bacon. Speaking of that... And then I go into my bit about money. All right. Um... We talked about my scalp itching. Um, I wonder if, you know, people in the plains, you know, like uh, Dances with Wolves people, like people in uh, old school America, uh, settlers or whatever, I wonder what they did for itchy scalps after they got... I wonder if anyone who's ever been scalped got an itchy scalp later. Um, That's an interesting thought, you know. Isn't it crazy? Can you imagine that? That's a crazy thing. People used to get scalped. That is nuts, dude. That is freaking nuts, man. When they say it could always be worse, you know, how's your day going? Oh, it could always be worse. Well, that's true. You could be getting scalped, you know. By golly, they didn't even use anesthetic, you know. I'm such a nice guy that if I had to scalp, like, if I was, if I was like an old Native American and my friends were like you need to scalp that colonist or whatever you know you need to show them who's boss I would like if I had anesthetic or something I would offer it first you know I would never I would never want to like harm another creature I don't I don't think I'd actually scalp him I'd pretend to scalp him you know what I mean and then let him let him roam freely and then I'd go back to my friends and be like yeah I scalped him man it was crazy he was screaming and stuff but yeah, can we move on? All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Speaking of adopting a dog, maybe I'll adopt a kid. I don't know. You know, Big Daddy was my favorite movie with Adam Sandler back in, like, eighth grade, which is 1999 or so. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in some ways kind of like Adam Sandler was in the movie Big Daddy. You know, I'm, like, 31 now. My college girlfriend, uh, I guess my my uh, status when I was in college kind of wore off on her, and she moved on and married some old dude uh, <laughs> that has a five-year plan. Now, I, uh, you know, super hot girl, you know, freaking, you know, I come home and there's some dude in the bathroom, you know, after years of being in a relationship all right that's not exactly true at all uh but there's metaphorically in some ways it's true um so i think what i'm trying to do is uh get a kid you know i need to do something big with my life uh oh you peed on the floor here's some newspaper Uh, it'll go away 
Uh, here's a square, uh, here's a square diaper we'll just put it on the floor. I don't, I'm too tired to teach you how to potty train. Just poop on this diaper when you're done. We'll just put some newspaper over and throw it in the trash. <laughs> I guess I am like Big Daddy. You guys can call me Big Daddy if you want. Um, that's a great movie. I used to cry. Anybody ever cry in Big Daddy? Well, what a flick, you know? That kid helped him grow up. Maybe that's what I need as a kid. Maybe I need a... That's why I want to get a puppy. Is a little, Actually, I don't. I don't want to grow up. All right. Uh, speaking of growing up, you guys do your taxes yet? Awesome. Awesome. I still haven't done mine. Got to get those deductions. Tax time? Tax time? Got to get those deductions. Get some cash back. Yeah? Yeah? I had a girl come over recently, not because she was interested in me. We, I filmed one of our um, performances, and uh, and uh, the only way I could get her the tape uh, was by directly uploading it to her computer, and um, and then she, and then she disappeared as soon as I gave her the the tape. So that was exciting. And I was like, "Hey, here's your tape. Want to hang out?" And, Stay a little bit, and like a bird when it eats bird food, it just ate the food and ran away. You know, it got it got the bird food it wanted, and it ran away. How come the birds never want to stay and hang out? You know, just perch on my shoulder or whatever. You know, they love the bacon or whatever, and then they just disappear when they get the bacon. You can't give them the bacon right away. You know, it's an art. You got to give them the bacon. I don't know. All right. Um, she was asking me how to do her taxes because she's not from the U.S. Uh, yeah, she she was gonna stay around long enough for me to tell her how to do her taxes. I was like, well, turbo tax, turbo tax. You know, aren't I such a helpful person, guys? I I create value in so many ways and in so many lives. You know, and that's a, that's a great example. Excuse me, how do you do taxes? Oh, turbo tax. Anything else? Um. No, I don't. I don't use TurboTax. I have an accountant or tax person or financial advisor or whatever. I don't even know what it's called. I have a couple of them in my life. You know, they're over there just secretly raking my money. And hey, I don't even know the difference. You know, hey, who cares? It takes too much time and energy for me to look at my money and give a crap. I don't. Uh, hey, you, you want to do this for me? Okay, here's my bank account. You do you, and I'll do me. I'll be over here writing jokes and creating my podcast, okay? How come my portfolio's fluctuating so much? Oh, yeah, the stock market. Oh, oh, the stock market crashed? Okay, that's a good enough reason for me. You don't need to show me the accounts. I don't care. I don't, it takes too much time and energy for me to take a look at this. What's my... Guys, I don't even look at my bank accounts um, or my cash. I never even check my statements. Is that weird? Um, if American Express and... A couple other companies are listening to right now. They could just put charges in my account. I'd never notice, you know? It's all about being responsible, apparently. That's what I hear. Uh, but guess what? I'm a renegade. Um, I don't live life in fear or care. I am a carefree spirit. I'm a free spirit. Hey. Um, do you guys save your receipts? Anybody here hoard their receipts? Do you have your own business? Hey, make sure that you save those receipts so you can get those deductions. Hey, -o. um, I talked about how I uh, I'm gonna do some comedy for the homeless. Unfortunately, I can't write that off as a deduction. What if someone only did good deeds when they could write it off as a deduction? I'm gonna I'm gonna question how good of a person that is. You know. Oh, you donated to charity? Your business donates to charity? Oh, really? Do you get a deduction for that? Yeah? Oh, would you do it if you didn't? 
No? Oh, well, I don't know if I like you anymore. I don't know if I respect you. Um... I was talking to my friend John the other day, and I told him that uh, lately I've been so focused on work and comedy that I'm not making much time or room for girls, you know? I just, I, uh, you know, for, for lady life at all. And I said, you know, and he's like, I said, I don't even care about, you know, like, I don't care about that stuff anymore. And he's like, he told me I am such, he says, I'm sacrificing my lust for such a noble cause. And I thought to my, I felt really good about myself for a second. And then I questioned whether or not he was being sincere. And I asked him, I said, are you being sarcastic? And he's like, of course. Uh, and then I felt less excited. I was like, well, comedy, you know, is for other people too. It's not just for me, you know. But it was a good point that it's for, for all of us. Um, it's not necessarily the most noble cause. You know, if I was out there secret, secretly being a closet elephant saver, um, and I was sacrificing my lust for that, then then that would be a more appropriate statement. But we did start to have a very philosophical discussion about the nature of good, right? We talked about the spectrum on the good side versus the evil side. We didn't talk about evil, we just talked about good. It was a good conversation, no pun intended, you know? And we talked about how some people do good deeds for selfish reasons, whether it's because um, they're doing it for themselves or because they um, are, you know, getting something out of it or investing in good karma or whatever. And uh, we agreed that no, at the end of the day, regardless of why someone's doing something, even if it's for selfish reasons, it's good if the net result impacts people in a positive way. Um, it's obviously better when the person is not doing it for something that they're getting in return. Like, it's not a good example of that would be donating to charity, knowing that you get a tax deduction. It's still awesome though it, that you're donating to charity, regardless of the tax deduction. But if you're taking money out of your pocket and donating to charity, and you're not getting a deduction, that's I, I qualify that as a higher tier of good. However, if the net result is the same, at the end of the day, they're kind of equal in in relative terms. Um, and then we really got deep. You know, we started talking about like Batman, The Dark Knight versus Harvey Dent. Both of them had good intentions. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, Harvey just kind of fell from grace. I guess you could say. You know, Batman even believed in, in Harvey Dent. He, he endorsed him by Zeus, guys. Uh, but he fell from grace. And at the end of the day, Bruce Wayne didn't do good deeds for external credit, right? He wasn't getting external validation by inheriting the role of Batman. Um, he did it because he felt that he had a responsibility because he could to uphold good someone needed to do it and he took that into his own hands not so that he could get credit not so he could get tax deductions not so that he could get some quid pro quo out of it or you know have his name slapped on some banner for donating millions of dollars to some cause you know it was truly out of the goodness of his heart and to me that is 
um, very good. That is the highest order and level of good, right? That the idea that regardless of whose name gets credit for it or who's attached to it, even if nobody in the world knows what you're doing, if you are creating an impact that has a net positive effect, and then if we could use business terms, maximize that profit margin, AKA the good margin, um, that's when your boss status, that's when you're starting to be on Bruce Wayne's level, right? Infinite profit margin of good. Um, for the greater good. You get you get what I'm saying, guys? Okay, awesome. Thanks. Um, anyway, today is Michael Jordan's birthday. How do you like that for a transition? Today is Michael Jeffrey Jordan, a.k.a. number 23, a.k.a. the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, and that dude is... He is true boss status um some of my favorite quotes from jordan throughout the course of time one is um fears like limits are often just illusions i remember uh when he um gave his hall of fame speech that's what he ended with he said fears like limits are often just illusions meaning um sometimes the fears that we that stop us aren't even real um, so don't let these fears that are often just in your head stop you from doing what you need and want to do or stop you from doing what's in your heart, stop you from doing good, whatever it is. Um, you know, so that's my, that's my favorite quote. I also talk about, I like, or I also like how he talks about how failure is such an important part of success um you know he has missed over 9,000 shots in his career blah 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 26 times he's been trusted to take the game winning shot and he's taken it and missed you know and that's why i am successful that's why i succeed that's what his quote is and talks about the importance of failure in order to to achieve success right he he doesn't let the failure stop him he just continues to build on it or that, that's the mindset, you know, that it takes to, to achieve greatness. Uh, and that's something John and I talked about. We talked about why Jordan is the greatest basketball player. I mean, you can compare stats all day, but Jordan, here, here's, here's how I break, here's how I break down Jordan's level compared to a, a LeBron or a Kobe. Everyone is following the wake that Jordan created they're they're in the wake he 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 set the bar to an unprecedented level to to a level that no one had ever achieved before and he was in that no man's land for a long time navigating and setting that bar moving it forward and pioneering so until someone breaks out of the shadow of michael jordan which requires at least six nba championships um, and then probably surpassing him on, on all the records that he broke as an individual as well. Uh, until somebody can go beyond that and then start navigating in their own territory or their own no man's land, then you can't even compare the two. It's so much easier to follow somebody and try to achieve what they achieve after they've already set that bar. But to surpass it and to be in a territory or a world all of your own that Jordan was in and to continue moving the ball forward, to continue raising that bar when all you're doing is competing against yourself at that point, 
that is something that until LeBron James is in no man's land moving that bar forward for a long time, then I'm not going to even look at them as being in the same category. LeBron is so much more physically talented. He does work hard. I know he cares about the game greatly and has made a lot of sacrifices, but it's just it's not on the same level as Jordan. And it won't be until we'll, we'll compare what they achieved on their own when they're in no man's land. No man's land is the threshold, in my opinion, for comparing the greatest. Um, anyway, uh, I got a couple funny. Um, here's a last week I read a conversation from OK Cupid that that was hopefully entertaining for you guys. This week I'm going to read another. Quick conversation on OK Cupid. Uh, we'll see what you think. This one is from this is this conversation is with a, a lady. Uh, she's 41. Uh, she lives in Brooklyn, New York, and we're an 85% match. She reaches out to me, and she's and and keep in mind my profile picture is a picture of me skateboarding down the beach in a man thong, an American flag man thong. So I think that that's important to know for the context of this conversation. This is She's the one who messaged me first, and this is what she said. I definitely thought your pick was serious, and you were a real-life Borat. Then I realized that I was wrong. And then I realized that I was right. Then I realized I need to write to you. So first of all, huge compliment, right? I mean, I like that. That's a great first message. Because she is right. I am like a real-life board. I like you. Do you like me? I like sex. It's nice. Anyway, I responded back to her and I said, Haha, that just made me laugh. And then she said, Well, I like to laugh too. Just about my favorite activity. And I says to her, Just about? And she said, Besides washing dishes, smiley face. So, you know, let's give it up. She's got a little bit of a sense of humor. And I says... Come over and let me do a show for you. <laughs> she said, she didn't say no. She said, what kind of show? Should I bring popcorn? So she's keeping it going and being humorous. And I says to her, stand-up comedy. Yes, if you want. She says, hee-hee, lovely. Except I'm traveling at the moment. If you're still interested when I get back, then great. What's your name? I'm so-and-so. I don't want to reveal her name. I said, I'm Mike. She said, nice to meet you. Where do you live? I told her I live down in financial districts. And nice to meet her, too. We'll see where that one goes, guys. You excited? You horny? Because I am. I like to do a twofer. That's where I do stand-up comedy for a girl, and then we have intercourse. Um, anyway, how's your guys' 2018 New Year's resolutions going? Are they still uh, still moving forward? For me, my, my New Year's resolutions are going forward because I didn't make any this year, and that's very exciting. Um, I, my diet, I didn't make a resolution. Guess what? My diet sucks. I, I make milkshakes sometimes with, uh, you know, some, uh, what do they call those things? You know, fruit and veggies. You know, throw those in there. Uh, here's a tip for you guys. Eat some freaking cranberry and pomegranate. It prevents kidney stones. Uh, that's the segment. That's the segment of my uh, podcast today, where I'm going to give out nutrition advice, and that's pretty much all the advice I'm going to give in that realm. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about before I get is um, 
I was watching an interview. Uh, I guess it took place, I don't know how many years ago now, maybe 10 years ago. It was with Oprah, Michael Jordan, and Charles Barkley. And they were talking about the, the, their views on the homeless, which is a relevant topic for what we talked about earlier, as well as Michael Jordan. I guess um, Charles Barkley and Jordan view view it differently. You know, Michael Jordan's a man of of a work uh, of a great work ethic. Uh, he doesn't uh, share much on his political views or religious views. Um, I think he just kind of let, lets his brand speak for itself. Uh, which is a smart for a businessman, right? You don't want to divide um, your your demographic that you appeal to. And I think right now, Jordan's brand appeals to just about everybody. Nevertheless, though, they were talking about giving money away to the homeless. And Charles Barkley uh, saw a guy holding a sign saying, Can I have money so that I can buy alcohol? Charles Barkley laughed at that. He thought it was funny he gave the guy like $100. Maybe I'm misinterpreting the alcohol part. Anyway, he liked whatever honesty the homeless guy had in his sign, and he gave him $100. And Jordan doesn't give money to homeless uh, people. And his philosophy, you know, at first people were like, you know, WTF, Michael Jordan. Um, But... His philosophy is if they can say, can you spare any extra change, they can also say, welcome to McDonald's, how can I take your order? So he comes from that mindset of working, right, and not enabling, uh, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about when it comes to the homeless discussion. Um, You know, I personally think that talking acknowledging one's existence is is really big I don't think that just giving money away is the automatic problem solver whether people are homeless or not I think just giving somebody money is not really going to help them very much it's just it goes back to the thing you know you can teach somebody how to fish or you can give them fish. You know, if you teach them how to fish, they can feed themselves for the rest of their lives. So just giving them a couple of dollars isn't necessarily the sustainable model if you really want to help somebody. I think that getting involved in a program where they do have an infrastructure set up to help the homeless, um, that is going to go a, a lot further. I think there's a time and a place to give money to someone or, better yet, buy them a meal. Um, you know, I, I think some people don't like to give away money because they think uh, that that person may go out and buy alcohol. You never really know. You don't know why a person is in those circumstances. Uh, I'm not going to be the one to blame them. Um, perhaps they were a victim. Who knows, right? You, you never really know. So I think always giving people the benefit of the doubt and wanting to help. But how do you help is really the key question. Um how do you truly help someone that is in need? Um, I think getting involved in programs that are designed to do that is going to go much further than just a quick, hey, here's here's a, a dollar or 50 cents or five dollars. You know, I, I think how much unselfishness and philanthropy do you want to do is the question. How much can you afford to do? Some people can't afford to do that, you know, because they're... Um, you know, they, they're they making just enough money to get by. They're working hard. Um, 
and some of those people are extremely unselfish. Some of those people still do like community service, but I think philanthropy is a good topic of discussion. Uh, and it goes back to the whole Bruce Wayne thing, right? And, and doing good deeds. You know, you got guys like Bill Gates and his foundation curing polio, if I'm not mistaken. You know, that's what they did with a lot of their profits. George Clooney and his wife, you know, help res- refugees escape ISIS. Uh, I saw this thing where I guess David Letterman was interviewing him recently. Or, you know, David Letterman has done like six shows on Netflix um, after he's left uh, the late night show and they were talking he was talking to George Clooney he also did one with Obama uh, which was interesting I watched a little bit of that but anyway he was interviewing George Clooney and learned about um, kind of all the things that George Clooney and his wife are doing to help um, not directly fight ISIS but to kind of help minimize some of the damage that ISIS does and how it impacts the lives of specifically refugees uh, and and harboring them here uh, in the U.S. So, you know, George Clooney seems like a cool guy. He he does not seem cocky about his philanthropy at all. He seems very humble as if, you know, he's kind of just a vessel that's, you know, has the opportunity to help and does because he feels that he should, you know, he feels like, um, you know, at least he said that, uh, you know, the, the the life that he's been able to have in acting is, is kind of a one in a million thing. And um, there's a sense of obligation or duty to, to do something to give back, you know. Um, so I liked, I really liked that a lot. Uh, I really liked that about George Clooney uh, and his wife. And, and I'm on board for that cause. Um, Miranda Tate. I believe her name is, in The Dark Knight. I'm not really on board for that. And I like that Batman saw through her BS. I like that he didn't... He didn't want to... uh, He called her out without even knowing it was her that was throwing some charity function. Um, They never really saw eye to eye, guys. And it's it's based on deep stuff. Not, Not physical... Not physical lust. Based on deep, fundamental philosophies. They're not a match. They are not a match, guys, when it comes to how they view the world. Miranda Tate's idea of slapping her name to, to feed her ego and to, to create the illusion that she was doing such great things is um, something that I, I think is, is worth noting in the discussion. Right? The point I'm trying to make is, at the end of the day, what matters most is that good is done. And then, on top of that, hopefully, it's not just done for selfish reasons, right? If you really want to do true community service, you're not doing it for the tax deductions. You're not doing it so that you can get recognition, so that you can post about it on Facebook and look like you're such a a white knight, right? Be the dark knight. In fact, have everybody hate you, for goodness sakes, if that's what's required to serve the greater good. Have everyone think... You're terrible and the worst person alive if that's what it truly takes and if that's the only way to serve good. That's what that's what Batman did. What a boss! You know? Oh, he gives me a boner just thinking about it, you know? Uh, my favorite line from Batman, I think I've told you guys this before, is that sometimes the truth isn't good enough for people. Sometimes people deserve to have their faith rewarded. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. When I hear that, I get aroused. I get sexually aroused. 
um, he took it upon himself to reward people for their faith. You want to talk about a vessel for good. The Dark Knight is truly good. Um, from every fiber of his being. That was... He made, he chose for his entire existence, calling, and everything else simply to serve good. Um, regardless, he couldn't even have a freaking girlfriend. He wanted one. He, he, he wanted one specific girl, um, and she rejected him. Rachel Dawes, what were you thinking? But thank you, Rachel, for rejecting Bruce Wayne, because if you didn't, he probably would have retired from being Batman sooner. So really what he truly yearned for deep down inside was love. Um, and uh, he eventually hopefully found that with... Uh, in the new Dark Knight series, he eventually found that with uh, Anne Hathaway. Catwoman. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I, I am not. I am kind of a dork when it comes to some of these comics and what, but I've never read them because I'm too lazy. So any of the nerds out there, feel free to call me out. Um, I'm just going based on the, the Dark Knight trilogy. Which, to me, especially the Dark Knight with uh, the Joker, that that second installment, literally, I think is the probably it's one of my top top favorite movies. It is so bad anus, you know. Um, looks like the stock market is fine, guys. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I am a little bit invested and I just ride the waves because again I don't think I have other people managing my money and I don't take the time to care. <laughs> so my net worth dropped a lot and I just saw it and I was like, ah, well, hey, it is what it is. And then it went back up. Uh, so it's just a, a rising and lowering of the tide, guys. Who gives a shist, you know? It'll all work out. Guys, it doesn't doesn't matter you know it's not real it's not real if you don't acknowledge that it exists um i think that uh anthony hopkins would beg to differ uh in the lines of the movie the right i don't know if you guys have seen that uh all right um facebook conversations getting heated again guys here's here's something you know I can't even, I guess I can't address this topic comedically without taking a moment to actually address the seriousness or the gravity of the situation. So I, it's a comedy podcast, so I don't really want to get too far removed from that comedic mindset, but I, I feel like I have to for a second because of the importance. Um, there was a, a shooting this last week. Uh, which, um, yeah, how do you even talk about that, right? Uh, it's, um, I can't believe this shit's still going on. I, I can't believe that a lot of this stuff is still happening in this world. I, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Um, there's a lot of shootings that have happened, uh, and that's, that's a fact. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and get political about it. Um, it's 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 sad to see what's going on right now in a lot of ways. There's a lot of discussions taking place and a lot of dividing happening. A lot of hatred, right? Um, 
the left is like rejecting thoughts and prayers without action, which I, I think thoughts and prayers with action is okay. I'll take a fucking stance. All right. I'll take a stance thoughts and prayers with action. All right. That way, um, anyway, yeah, I, I see all these Facebook conversations and it's very heated right now about the gun, the gun stuff. And, um, you know, it's crazy. Uh, I don't think there's a simple answer, honestly, but I do believe in thoughts and prayers with actions. I do believe that thoughts and prayers count and they do matter and they shouldn't be dismissed or some, if someone says thoughts and prayers, somebody shouldn't respond with F you, right? Um, but I also think if someone can do more than just sending thoughts and prayers, then they need to take the responsibility to take action, right? I don't think Bruce Wayne is just sending thoughts and prayers. I think he's taking action. I have a feeling he's also sending thoughts and prayers secretly. Um, but he is taking up, he is taking it upon himself to be vigilant. Um, you know, and we need, we need that. Um, I don't know if physically, but you know, whether you're in government or anything else, we need to be taking action. I don't, I don't think that removing guns is automatically going to solve all the problems. Uh, I think that it's a start. I think vetting and getting, um, help for people with mental health, um, and having more um, safeguards on how people can get weapons um, legally, I think that those two things are big steps. I don't think that that's the only thing, though. I honest, even if we said nobody can buy guns, and it was, I don't think that that would solve the problem um, because criminals figure out ways to get guns. They they figure out ways to do things illegally. Um, so I think that we need to get to the root of the problem. Um, you know, I think the mental health thing, that, that, that is a, a good action step. That is a good action step. Um, but, I, you know, it's, it's deep stuff. Anyway, I, I was going to make, uh, I was going to try to make some comedy out of the Facebook conversations, not the topic itself. The topic itself is a tragedy. There's nothing funny about it. It's sad. It's it's terrible it's my thoughts and prayers go out to anyone affected by that um and uh if i can take further action on i i will i mean uh, that, that that's me sharing my voice and my perspective that's one thing uh i could also secretly dress up in a in a batman suit and uh and do stuff on my own time but if i did that I wouldn't tell you guys because if I told you guys that would be taking away from the mystique. <laughs> um, it's crazy stuff. We live in a crazy world right now, guys. Everything is, is crazy. Um, the internet is crazy. Twitter is crazy. There's a new topic trending every five seconds. There's a new tragedy happening every day. You know, I listen to NPR and BBC, and every day there's something different or multiple things different that are, like, horrendous. And I don't think it's just been like that lately. I mean, I, I, there's there's been a lot of conflict, constant conflict for who knows, I don't even know how long. Maybe f for the, the history of time, I hope not, but 
it doesn't seem like things are getting better. Um, and it, it's just, it's nuts, the world we live in, man. Um, so I'm going to try to bring this back up and make some light again. Uh, what I will say is let's, let's take this into a comedic, take this back to a comedic perspective. And with Facebook conversations, guys, arguing on Facebook, I don't think is going to do anything. It's not, do you, do you act that way at work? Right? Do you ever go to work and start getting on an email thread and going back and forth battling about your ego? Uh, it's not it's not the professional thing to do. You never see somebody on Facebook say, hey, let's take this conversation offline, right? Which would actually be so much better if people that were fighting on Facebook, if they took their conversations and privately emailed each other back and forth one-on-one, I think they'd get further than thinking, oh, I can't back down because the entire social media ether out there can see me right now and I'm not going to back down from my viewpoint so it becomes more of an ego battle rather than actually like working through and trying to to get on the same page right um anyway uh yesterday I wanted to grab some popcorn sit back and spectate on some of these heated facebook conversations cuz they're entertaining to watch uh any of these Anytime that people are um, having these Facebook ego battles, it's very entertaining to watch, and they get they get heated, you know. Um, I had jury duty this last week, as I mentioned before, so that kind of talks about part of our civic duty uh, with the country that we live in. That's part of being. I don't think vigilant is the right word because it, it's a responsibility that we all need to need to take from time to time uh i didn't get called um thank goodness no for this particular case it wasn't uh you know i don't think it was a criminal case it was uh there was a plaintiff i think it was somebody trying to sue somebody for reparations for something um and it would have taken way too long for me to i i couldn't you know, I've got I've got other ways to make the world better. The, the amount that I could help the world by doing that case versus using this time for something else. Thank goodness I wasn't chosen is what I'm trying to say because I think the, the overall value I can provide is much greater spent elsewhere. Um, jury duty, man. Harvey Dent. I was looking for Harvey Dent. I didn't see him. Thank goodness, right? Um... The concept of Batman is a very alluring and intriguing thing. Um, one of the things that I want to talk about from time to time here is uh, some of the teachers that I've had in the past. I had a, a teacher in high school. His name was Coach Williams. Uh, one of the most unique teachers I've ever had in my life. Uh, he's actually the teacher that um, let me do stand-up comedy for the first time. Um, I've talked about that before. It was ninth grade history class, and I don't think he really taught us facts. Um, he just kind of got up there. His, some of his tests would say, you know, like who who was in charge of the you know industrial revolution? Andrew Carnegie, uh, Michael Oldroyd, Michael Oldroyd, or Michael Jordan, right? And <laughs> Or D, none of the above, right? Like those would be some of the questions that he would he would post in his test. It was the most absurd thing. I'm not even making a joke. Um, 
he ended up not working for the, our high school too much longer after um, after I was there. But I am so thankful for him. He, his his passion was basketball. Speaking of Michael Jordan, so Coach Williams loved my um, my passion for football, and he would. Well, we would literally take away from class time for him to focus on me one on one for my for my pursuit of football. One time, I was doing a weighted jump rope in class, and I was trying to go as long as I possibly could. And everyone in class is just wa- watching me <laughs> do a weighted jump rope, and I'm sweating. Uh, you know, it was it was exhausting, and I was trying to go perseverance. You know, trying to go as long as I possibly could. What are some other things that happened in Coach Holmes? He used to read Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy in class, which was so funny uh, because nobody was laughing either. Like, he wouldn't preface it. He would sit up in front of class, and he started reading Deep Thoughts. He read, like, five to ten Deep Thoughts quotes with no laughter in between, no setup, no preface that, hey, I'm reading comedy right now. And a lot of times he would do stuff like this, and people didn't know how to react. And I'd be in the back of the room cracking up. Because, I, one, I knew Deep Thoughts. And, two, I just thought Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy were hilarious. You guys should check them out sometime. Google Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. They're these, like, random one-ish liners of just ridiculous, very smart yet very dumb things. Like, you can't, like, it's hard to write that type of funny so credit to Jack Handy. When I say it's dumb humor, it's not a, it's not a, it's not disrespectful to him because I don't think other people can create that. It's it's so silly, and I would just be cracking up. Anyway, he knew I liked comedy. That's one of the reasons why he let me try comedy a couple times uh, in his class. One time he had me do push-ups, and um, <laughs> he was pushing down on my back. Uh, and I was trying to max out on the number of push-ups that I could do. Uh, and uh, I don't even remember the number of it was, the weighted push-ups. But just, the again, the absurdity of me doing that in class is, is outrageous if you really think about it. He would be the type of guy that, like, I'd be walking down the hall or someone would be walking down the hall. We'd say hi to him and he would knock our books out of our hands. He showed up one time wearing an, an adult-sized baby suit it was a onesie and he had a pacifier in his mouth um that was and it was not it was not like dress up day (laughs) it wasn't like a themed day it was a normal day (laughs) with no context (laughs) or any type of explanation behind it he was he was truly one of a kind uh he he shaved his head too once and just left like a lock of hair coming out one side speaking of that I might get a, a buzzed haircut as I said before after this podcast but he just had like one thing of hair coming out he, he was he was outrageous uh, what else did he um, he was like the most intense basketball coach supposed to like being a player on his team he wanted me to play basketball he wanted to coach someone with my drive and intensity and love for for the sport uh, and maybe he had that with others. I don't. I don't know. I, I know that he, I'm not claiming that I was the only person that could offer that. But I know that he wanted me to. He wanted to be my coach in basketball. Um, and I, I just heard that, like the workouts were insanely difficult with him, like to the point of like, <laughs> like absurd, absurdly 
maniac difficult you know like the type of work ethic that michael jordan you know would would be internally motivated to do the type of work ethic that i would have when i would you know approach track and football i used to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in between classes or during classes i would bring like a, a gallon of milk so that i could gain weight gain weight for football i'd bring it to class and i'd be eating in class and then i would eat lunch and then i would take naps uh i mean it was like it was insane the amount of dedication and uh you know i had teachers that were very supportive of my of my dreams you know for football so you know and coach williams was one of them i remember one drill that he he's he's like oh you're a wide receiver you want to work on your hands well you should like try to catch footballs with like these circle blocks around your hands so you had these like half inch wide circle blocks that I would tape to my hands, tape to the front of my hands, and I would try to catch footballs with the blocks. <laughs> and I was dropping passes, like, going into, uh, like, two-a-days that year, and they are like, Oldroid, why are you dropping passes? And they're, I was like, I don't know, I've been doing everything I can, I put these blocks on my, <laughs> on my hands to try and catch the ball better. And they're like, where, why did you do that? The football coaches are like, why did you tape blocks to your hands? Who gave you that idea? I was like, Coach Williams. And they went and got mad at him. And they were like, don't coach our football players on how to, you know, on how to catch passes. We'll, we'll do the coaching. <laughs> uh, so I guess the blocks thing didn't really pan out. But um, Coach Williams... God bless. Hopefully you're doing well. Uh, he was the, he's the guy that we had speak at our graduation. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we all, our entire class wanted him to, to be the speaker at our graduation. Surprisingly, his speech was completely different than anything any of us had ever seen before from him. He, he didn't, he wasn't goofy. He wasn't silly. He was so serious. In fact, we were all like shocked and we were just sitting there staring at him. He, 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 he was, he literally made it like religious. Uh, he made the speech very religious, and his 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 entire speech could be summed up, summed up by two words: fear God. And then he got off stage. <laughs> Again, he he never he, he's always a surprising fella. You know, I, I wonder what he's up to now. Um, definitely, definitely unique though. Um, so that's my Coach Williams story. Some other time I'll tell you a couple other teachers that I had. Um, Coach Mueller uh, is another one that I'll talk about sometimes. He was the former football coach uh, who I – fuck it, I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> coach Mueller also, he lost his job for being too intense with the, the football team in the 90s. Um, he was the former football coach. He was like a, a Vince Lombardi mindset. So he still had his job as a teacher. He was uh, he was teaching. <laughs> he was the biology freshman biology teacher. I had the most ridiculous teachers, especially my freshman year. I uh, I show up to biology class, and during game day, the players would wear their jerseys. So me and a couple other kids in that class had our jerseys on, and it on the first football game, right? And coach and it kind of like lit a spark, I guess, in his heart because he's got such great passion for that. I don't think he gives two craps about biology. Um, nevertheless, though, he sees that we're wearing our jerseys and he's like, are you starting today? <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. What position? Oh, I'm playing Z-back, right? And then he, he erases like the lesson plan he had on the chalkboard. 
and he started drawing up plays. Keep in mind, there's like females in that class that don't care about football, and this is a this is a biology class. And he starts drawing up plays on the chalkboard like Vince Lombardi, and started to like he's like, all right, this is this is the guy that you need to kick out and block for this play. I'm not gonna go into details and start sharing the playbook, but he's like, this is the dude you need to block out, and then he starts like. Driving the chalk into the chalkboard. And the way you, the way you literally see Vince Lombardi in these films when he's actually like the Green Bay Packers head coach and he's like talking about like how to execute a play. Coach Mueller is breaking the chalk on the chalkboard and like, and and then he, he's like so fired up. He's, he gets so fired up and he was like, "Show me your stance, right?" <laughs> So I would, like, do my stance in class. The entire class, we didn't even do a lesson that day, right? We're just talking about football in the first game. And I remember, like, after the season, so that was one day that really stood out to me was the first game when we had our when we had our jerseys on. And then I remember a couple months later after football season, it was wintertime, and we were working out in the weight room, and I was telling him, Coach Mueller, I'm gaining weight. You know, I'm uh, I'm getting stronger. My squat my squat strength is going up and he's like show me your show me your form <laughs> so we uh, <laughs> I, I start squatting like I get out of my desk and I, I like squat for him right and he's like that's good get, keep your chest up chest up and uh, and then he's like do another rep. he's like do 10 reps so I do 10 reps of squat with like perfect form and then he's like do you need more weight and I was like, yes, sir, give me more weight, I'm ready, right? <laughs> and he, he, like, gets one of the other kids from class. He's like, you, get on his shoulders. So, like, they hoist this kid. He, like, climbs up onto a desk, and they hoist him onto my shoulders. And and Coach Mueller's spotting me, and he's giving me up calls. And I do, like, ten reps with this kid. He probably weighed, like, 175 or something with this kid on my back. So I did, like, ten squats with an up call, which is, like, parallel squats. I know you guys probably don't know what that means. Nevertheless, he's like, do you need more weight? And I was like, yes, sir, give me some more weight. You know, I wasn't going to back down. And he looks at the, like, the heaviest kid in class. And he, you know, like, completely inappropriate behavior for a teacher and, and like to just point at the biggest kid in class and say how much do you weigh <laughs> the kid wasn't a football player right and the kid's like i don't know 250 and <laughs> he's like come here and 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 he gets two other spotters right and they they hoist this kid he climbs up onto the chair and they hoist this kid onto my onto my back i was weighing like 135 pounds maybe 140 pounds at the time they hoist this kid up onto my back and i squat him coach Mueller gives me the up call he's like oh when i get down to parallel i squat up slowly i push through it past the 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 stick point as i like to call it and then uh, you know they hoist him off. I had three spotters. They hoist him off my back, and that was my that was my workout for the class. Again, the bell rang, and class was dismissed. So that's uh, that's a Coach Mueller story for you guys that I think you'd appreciate. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Uh, another time we'll talk about some of the places that I've traveled. I am going to Japan this year. I'm excited. I don't know if you guys are watching the Olympics. Uh, currently, but congrats to Sean White and Kim Chloe Kardashian. Uh, definitely hard stuff. The half pipe is so, so much harder than it looks. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever tried a half pipe, but I can't even get like, 
I, I can't even get past the ledge to get air. I, I don't even allow myself to get enough speed because it's literally like a 45 degree angle up and down. I mean, you could like die not even being good at the half pipe or break several bones, including, I don't know, it's, it's, it's nuts. The half pipe is so much more difficult and dangerous than it looks on TV. Uh, and I'm 31 now. I don't, I don't, I don't need to subject myself to that type of, uh, danger and, and, and rush anymore. The only thing that gets me a rush anymore that I care about is creating laughter. Um, <clears throat> nevertheless, though, we'll talk about some travel next time. Uh, I'll talk more about playing video games. Keanu Reeves. Uh, I love his, his ads during the Super Bowl. You guys signed up for Squarespace yet? That dude is uh, that dude's a man. Sometime I'll have to talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and how I want to use that as a sketch or an idea to go back and interview Michelangelo. Um, you know, I think that, that that vehicle would be fresh, the time machine, right? Hopefully you guys enjoyed last week's episode regarding that. Speaking of Michelangelo, the exhibit, for anyone who's interested, ends tomorrow, the 18th, and tomorrow's actually his death date. He died on... February 18th, I forget the year, but, um, God bless Michelangelo, um, the last thing I'm going to end with today is, I actually did a little preparation for this, I, I was looking through some of the contacts in my phone to see if I wanted, I forget why, or somehow the idea came, but I've got some, over the years, uh, who knows how many contacts are in my phone, but I've saved some people under names that are ridiculous. I'm not making this up, and I'm not... I didn't save these names in so I could try to make comedy of it, but some of these names are hilarious to me. I have no idea even who they are. Some of them I haven't ever texted or I haven't texted them for years. Um, and, I, and I thought it'd be fun to share just a couple of these. And I, Who knows, maybe I was tipsy at the time. You know, I'm getting older, so I don't go out as much, but when I was younger, you know, I'd get phone numbers all the time somehow numbers would just appear in my phone so I think I'm going to share a couple of these with you now and you guys can draw your own conclusions right so Morpheus uh, is is saved in my phone I, I checked there's no conversation there just just this person named Morpheus I have no idea uh, I, and I guarantee you that wasn't his real name my guess is that this person looked like Morpheus from the Matrix maybe it's a girl I I, I don't know Here's one. Here's another one. Porn star San Diego Adriana. I don't know who that is. Uh, I don't know if she's a porn star, but it's saved in my phone as porn star. So maybe maybe it is porn star San Diego Adriana. Here's one. AKL Clean Shave. Again, I don't know who that is, but all I know is it's a person who was probably in the AKL fraternity at Mizzou. Um, here's one. Ann. Just A-N. And I don't think it was like an as in A-N-N-E or A-N-N. An as in like an article, like the, an, a. I, I don't know what that means. Here's another couple. Apartment guy. Apartment guy one. Apartment guy two. Apartment person. So those are a couple. Again, I don't even know what that means. Um, next one. Don't contact Lauren Big Tits. I don't know what that means. Oh, I actually do. I know who that is. Um, I'm not going to go into the, <laughs> the context behind that. It just means that uh, 
Her and I aren't on good terms, and don't contact is a reminder for me that when I get tipsy, it is not okay for me to text her. Uh, in fact, I probably should delete her number. All right, next person. Um, Brie, sexy Texas Lucy's assless chaps. Um, I think what that person, I think that that was a girl I met out in California when I was living there, and she worked for Texas Lucy's. Apparently, they wear assless chaps at the job she works at. Next one, my new haircut, Brett Broski. This is actually Brett Broski from that YouTube sketch, my new haircut. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it was like a viral video from like 15 years ago or 12 years ago. Anyway, I met that guy out in Hollywood, and we were gonna. He wanted me to help him, like he wanted me to show him how to do some stand up and help him out. Uh, I followed up, and he texted me back once or twice, and then ghosted. Um, next one, Brett Thug Nasty's friend. I don't know what that means. Uh, actually, I do. One of my friends' names is Thug Nasty, so it must be his friend. Well, that's the nickname we have. Uh, here's one. Bumble. That's it. Just Bumble. No context, even though I meet a ton of girls on Bumble. Um, here's one. Caveman. Caveman. Ne next one. Renata Chinese Mormon. Now, can I just... To give you guys, like, a funny visual, can you imagine being on a date and your phone lights up from any one of these people and your date sees it like on a first day like what's she gonna think when i get a text from renata chinese mormon what's she gonna think about when you know ari looking for love but high sex drive texts me you know what's she gonna think when seth cool guy we like brunette girls texts me <laughs> and she's not a brunette girl what What's she going to think when um, Cougar texts me or Curtis Improv Haircutter or cute girl who lost her phone at Evo's in Long Beach? I know this girl, actually. She lost her phone, and I I think uh, I found her phone, and I called myself, so I had her phone number, and then I gave her her phone back. Um, here's one. Don's grandma. I don't know why I wouldn't save that person's name, but okay. Elvis is a person in my phone. No, no last name, just Elvis. Uh, Eva Sharkey's 100 Sisters is, is somebody's name that's stored in my phone. Eva Sharkey's 100 Sisters. Um, here's, here's a couple more. Guy from Salesman. Here's one. Guy who laughs a lot. Here's one. Liz Gypsy. Another one is More Hammer Sling. Here's one, Heather White Net and Underwear. Okay. Um, I think I remember there was a girl with a white net that I met a while back. Let's see here. Um, <clears throat> here's one, Hot Girl at Soccer Game in Kansas City. Dash, I think she gave me a fake number. Oh, maybe it's Hot Girl at Soccer Game in Kansas City. And then the, the note I have next to it is I think she gave me a fake number. So that person, I think, just gave me a fake number to get me away. Um, Jeff Goldblum is saved in my phone. I don't think that's the real Jeff Goldblum. In fact, I know it's not because I've never met the real Jeff Goldblum. Um, here's one that I saved as Jill Fantastic Poop. Okay, um, fair enough. Let's see here. Kimmy OKC has a horse. 
That's one. Next one, Mermaid Lauren. Um, here's one, Little Red Riding Hood. I remember that person. Here's one, Nikki Lotta Moles. Nikki Lotta Moles I means she has a lot of moles. Um, here's one, Mara Matei. Let her know. M A T E I. Let her know. I don't know what that means. Uh, I've got one saved as nothing. The person's name is nothing in my phone. Um, another one, Older Hike Chick, H-I-K-E. Uh, here's one, one of Horshig's roommates. I have a friend named Aaron Horshig. Um, so that's already kind of a, a unique sounding thing, Horshig. But just, why wouldn't I say the person's name? And I didn't even specify which one. One of Horshig's roommates. Next one, Open Relations Woman. Uh, here's one that caught my eye, Rhino. R-Y-N-O, that's it. Uh, I even I was curious enough to even see if we had a message history, and sure enough, we do. So Rhino, on my birthday, at 2.33 a.m., I said, Rhino, and then enter, not even space, like, Rhino, enter, yo, all in one text. So yo is underneath Rhino. And then another enter... That it's like a blank space. So Rhino, yo. No response from Rhino. And then I send him a text. Sent him or her, whoever this creature is. I sent a text four days later. And I said, I have this in my phone from Saturday night, but I don't recognize the name. Who is this? I'm Mike. No response. So whoever Rhino is, if it is a person, if it is in fact a person, they're ghosting me. <clears throat> Uh, a couple more. We're almost done. We got Suit Guys Mojo X Mojokes. Suit Guys Mojokes. M O J O X. Okay. Here's one. Twitter. That's the name of somebody's name in my phone. Here we go. Here's a, here's one. White Prius. I hit. So I guess I hit somebody's Prius and I saved them in my phone that way. I do remember hitting someone's Prius and paying them or exchanging insurance information. I forget exactly what happened. Here's another person. Well, we got three more. New York. That's it. Somebody's name is New York in my phone. Another person, 19 Tongue Ring. I know who that person is. That's a more recent one, but I think it's funny enough to, to mention 19 Tongue Ring. Um, we've got a girl named Jennifer 705 I don't know what the 705 is supposed to represent um, and then I I said those, those would be the last three but here's a couple that I thought were interesting I've, 30 is somebody's name in my phone I've got another contact saved under 40 40 another contact saved as 43 and another contact saved as 44 um I think that those were just the ages of the women that I was <laughs> talking to at the time. Anyway, uh, I'm tired. I don't know if you guys are tired of listening. I have more fun stuff for you next week, you know, or in future weeks. I'll talk about some more funny teachers that I've met, some places that I've traveled, some interactions I've had. But in the meantime, happy birthday to Michael Jordan. Um, thank you all for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. And uh, if you didn't have a date on Valentine's Day, who gives a shit? It'll be all right. It'll work out. It'll buff out. All right? All right. Have a good one, guys. A peace. A peace.
I see you there. Hi, my name is Bobby Boucher, and I just wanted to say that I appreciate you listening. Have a good day. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny? <laughs>